This is Trigger Trigger Warnings warnings with independent conservative Jason Hill, a bomb-throwing provocateur ready to back up his views with well-thought-out and reasoned arguments and facts. Here he is. Donald Trump is a moral degenerate. He is a moral reprobate. I think he's a totalitarian thug who courts dictators and who, like an obsequious babbit, prostrates himself before leaders of rogue nations, trying to psychophantly get their approval to tell him he's the greatest, the best president, a genius, anything. This man almost unleashed chemical warfare on his own people during the COVID-19 onslaught by recommending that we inject ourselves with disinfectants. People died from that advice. Well, I guess those idiots also drank a lot of the Kool-Aid, so they had it coming. I've always thought that social ballasts eventually relegate themselves like ignoble junk heap onto the dustbins of history. But COVID-19, he said, was just like the sniffles. His ginormous gut kept telling him the numbers would just go down. It was an inflated hoax invented by the Democrats to undermine him. And by some perverse and twisted logic, he claimed the viral infections were high because we were testing too much. Concomitantly, so went his reasoning. If we stopped testing, then boom, the numbers would just go down, which means infections would would cease. I mean, that's like saying you're not gaining weight if you don't go on a scale or you're not losing weight if you don't go on a scale. Now, I've tried that. Believe me, personal weight gain or loss has nothing to do with the scale. Anyway, I'm not here to rant about this man's irrational mind and the attendant distorted thinking that results from it, nor am I really interested in listing a litany of his moral and political maladies that could conclusively prove his irreparable moral degeneracy. I'm going to focus on just one, basically one particular moral infraction that he committed, and that if you function really like a wholesaler in the realm of cognition, and not like a piecemeal retailer, you'll come to understand his attendant behaviors with almost calendrical precision. The infraction I'm talking about is a wholesale birther movement he assaulted then-President Obama with. Donald Trump's political career was forged in the crucibles of racism, naked bigotry, and an attempt to render the former president stateless and without any constitutional rights. His birtherism was a moral stain on the moral fabric of the United States of America. And we have not recovered from that. Now, let me just say something. I am speaking here as a patriot of this great republic. I speak as an independent conservative. And actually, in matters of foreign policy, I speak as a pugnacious and hawkish neoconservative, right? I am someone who has written that America is 
and still believes that America is the greatest, most moral nation on earth, an unprecedented phenomenon. I enthusiastically voted for Obama for the first time, but I did not vote for him this, his second run for the presidency. So I speak as an independent voice. I'm a professional academic philosopher by training, and I seek always the truth. And that striving supersedes any loyalty to partisan politics. I'm a patriot, as I said, of our great republic. And I think like most decent Americans, I hate a racist. And right now to me, Donald Trump acts like one and perhaps even smells like one. Now, he's claimed responsibility for propagating birtherism, and he said he knew what he was doing. So I'm going to talk about the evils of birtherism, what is racist about it, and why in the end, if a real estate operative and reality TV game shower can delegitimize the citizenship status of the, at the time, most highly vetted person in the United States of America, none of us can be safe. I'm going to talk about the importance of citizenship as the principle that safeguards our rights or associative relationships. It is the principle or the status that we enjoy that allows us to enjoy equality before the law. It allows us as recipients of justice to enjoy equality before the law and to enjoy our freedoms, our constitutional freedoms, and even the freedoms not guaranteed by the constitutions, but also f basic freedoms as human beings. It is also the prism, that is citizenship, is a prism through which others appraise our civic worthiness in this great republic of ours. Now, I must say that, you know, <laughs> one of the benefits of being an immigrant of color and a citizen of this country is that people say things to me they would not ordinarily say to people who were born black in this country. And when I told a conservative Jewish friend of mine about this podcast, a free-thinking, iconoclastic, independent, such as myself, he commented wryly. He said, Jason, there's a popular canard among even a lot of white conservative people in this country. In fact, from every ideological stripe. And it's this, every white man needs his nigger. Trump identified his, he lynched him politically, and now with the constant accusations that Obama committed treason, he's trying to sully and damage the reputation of the man he literally wants dead. Strip him of any semblance of moral credibility. That's what my friend said to me. Now, I'm not sure I agree that every white man needs this nigger. At the time, I said, I don't know about that because a bitch might also do the do in a pinch. Jokingly, I said this. But I think... Donald Trump sees himself as an apex predator, that is, one at the top of the food chain who has no predatory analog, that is, no other creature that can prey on him also. And he sees himself as such an evolved alpha predator, so evolved that he has no competitive peers in his habitat. So I think I agree that if Obama had been white, there would never have been his birther obsession. Yes, I guess Obama was his nigger. He was trying to corral, lynch, and politically defecate all over. 
So Trump really used Obama as a deputized stand-in for all black people and people of color in general. He wants to eviscerate them, not just of claims to citizenship, but to revert to a time when being black or Asian or Latino were all inimical to the idea of being an authentic American. Trump, I think, through his relentless birther campaign, all right, sought to appeal to the racial unconscious of a nation, appeal to the archetypal and primeval stereotypes that associate American identity with whiteness. And um, as he almost, you know, inadvertently chemically poisoned the nation by a nefarious cleansing alternative to COVID-19, so he wants to cleanse the American landscape of any idea that legitimate citizenship and Americanism and colored identity could ever be compatible. So back in 2011, when mulling over a possible presidential run, Donald Trump launched a public pursuit of President Obama's birth certificate. He said he had a private investigator in Hawaii to see what they would dig up. Now, Obama eventually released a very long-form version of his birth certificate in response to the uproar that uh, Trump had created. And how did Trump respond? He gloated. He sounded a triumphalist victory roar and said, I quote, I was very proud of myself because I've accomplished something nobody had, has been able to accomplish, close quote. And he told in 2013 ABC News correspondent John Carl that he knew exactly what he was doing. He said, I don't think I went overboard. Actually, I think it made me very popular. I do think I now know what I'm doing, close quote. So not content to rest with um, Obama's production of his birth certificate, Trump then went on to question its legitimacy and authenticity. He even advanced some pretty creepy conspiracy theories, indirectly insinuating Obama could have been implicated in a murder plot. So Trump asked in December of 2013, uh, why did the state health director who verified uh, Obama's birth certificate die in a plane crash while others on board lived? So you can gather the sort of innuendos being applied here. If there was any patina of doubt left in the minds of skeptical Americans, Trump laid that to rest when in 2016, on a campaign trail, he referred to President Obama by his middle name of Hussein and said, quote, he's a founder of ISIS. He founded ISIS. And I would say the co-founder would be Crooked Hillary. Crooked Hillary Clinton. President Obama, the most vetted human being on the planet, who was undoubtedly a USA citizen, was being cast not only as a foreign interloper and alien. Trump said he was born in Kenya and was a Muslim. He was now a terrorist. He had created ISIS, and again, appealing to the primeval racial unconscious of his base, stoking fears that they might have had about black men in general 
as national security threats, Trump appealed to the filthiest and most common barnyard stock racial stereotype that he knew, he knew would latch on to racial fears, which he affixed to President Obama, a mixed-race black man. And it's this, that black men are congenitally and constitutionally, by nature, violent. Now, if the free, the leader of the free world at that time, the most, no matter what you think of him, the most mild-mannered president since Jimmy Carter could be labeled as a violent terrorist who created ISIS, then the rest of black America was open for arbitrary and warrantless indictment. And the criteria had to be nothing but your gut feelings, feelings that were nothing more than unbridled prejudice racial hatred, and an instinct to start a divisive bifurcation between the two distinct groups of America in order for Donald Trump to reestablish what America had long forsworn and transcended, the cult of white supremacy and nativism as a criterion principle for belonging to a constitutional republic. But Trump's Explicit nativist agenda will be the subject of another podcast. I mean, crudely put, uh, it explicitly is part of his desire to broaden, I think, the racial whitening of America um, by explicitly stated policies. But we're going to take a short break and we'll be back in a sec uh, to continue. This is Jason Hill and you're listening to Trigger You're listening to the Trigger Warnings Podcast with independent conservative Jason D. Hill. Find it, rate it, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. Every episode is also available at TriggerWarnings.net. And if you support Trigger Warnings with a monthly membership, you'll gain access to each week's bonus episode. Learn more at TriggerWarnings.net. We also support this podcast through advertising. If you'd like details about sponsorship opportunities, please visit TriggerWarnings.net. This is Trigger Warnings with independent conservative Jason D. Hill a bomb-throwing provocateur who aims to weaponize the minds of his listeners to navigate the world in a more lucid and assertive manner. Here he is. Welcome back to Trigger Warnings. Uh, Listen, folks, as someone who has written in his book, We Have Overcome an Immigrant's Letter to the American People, a pan him to what I refer to as the most moral and the greatest country on earth, the United States of America, an unprecedented phenomenon, I, as a free-thinking, independent conservative, find Donald Trump to be a colossal threat to the constitution of this country, to the moral and political cohesion of our great republic. And I think they're morally embarrassing to the best within the best of the American people, most of whom I continue to believe are morally ambitious, 
people who strive to do well by their fellow citizens, right? But this implication that black identity and American identity are repugnant and incompatible is dangerous for everyone, naturalized citizens and native-born citizens alike. Trump's appeal to the group Unite the Right, which is the largest gathering of white nationalists and neo-Nazis currently in America today, was a direct attempt to correlate civic qualifications with a crude form of nativism of which white nationalists and their more, I think, militant, militant lieutenant henchmen, the new neo-Nazis, will be the vanguards. Um, this is not a world that is safe for skilled immigrants. This is not a world that's safe for Jews. It is not a world that's safe for unskilled legal immigrants who do the nasty, disgusting, filthy work many Americans find too beneath the threshold of their dignity to perform. This is not a world safe at all for gay people or people who identify as non-binary in their gender identification. It is not a world for Catholics who are going to be targeted for apostasy and for being in collusion with the deep state that's allegedly out for Trump, out to get Trump. So this is a world where each citizen could be deracinated, denaturalized, if not literally, then by various legalistic machinations and maneuverings of a nepotistic and corrupt system okay, that de-ratifies all the benefits that come from enjoying the rights of citizenship. Now, folks, let us remember, again, that citizenship is a way that several of our compound identities are legitimized and formally recognized by the state, which is the primary conferrer of justice. It is the juridical prism through which our most powerful associative alliances like marriage and the family are recognized and protected. And we, we take for granted that when we look at our fellow citizens, all right, we assume that they have something called civic virtue. That is, the possession and the cultivation of habits that are vital for the success of their communities. So civic virtue is mm, it's closely linked to the concept of citizenship. Right? A citizen who is civic-minded is someone who's dedicated to the common welfare of his or her community, sometimes, sometimes at the cost of their personal interests. We take it at minimum that a good citizen has a character that is suffused with moral characteristics that are indispensable for upholding a social compact that binds us together. It is a, a tacit agreement that we make among ourselves to respect the inalienability and the inviolability of our rights and the sanctity of our intrinsic dignity. When we uphold the social compact via our civic virtues, we uphold social cohesion and social trust. These provide the foundation of society and law. This is where Donald Trump's lynching ethos was intentionally directed towards President Obama 
And I think by default, all citizens whose citizenship can arbitrarily, by fiat, whim, and caprice, be called into question. And it is for this immoral crime that Michelle Obama said she could never forgive Donald Trump. Trump not only publicly humiliated the former president, he put his entire family at risk. And Michelle Obama has stated the whole quote, the whole birth of thing was crazy and mean-spirited. Of course, it's underlying bigotry and xenophobia, xenophobia hardly concealed. But it was also dangerous, deliberately meant to stir up the wingnuts and kooks. What if someone with an unstable mind loaded a gun and drove to Washington? What if that person went looking for our girls? Donald Trump, with his loud and reckless innuendo, was putting my family's safety at risk. And for this, I'll never forgive him. Close quote from Michelle Obama. Nor should you, Michelle Obama, forgive him. And neither should, neither should America. For a man whose sole intent, since he came to power, was to start a vicious race war and destroy the republic I love with all of my heart, and to morally pervert the sensibilities of the American people, who in my book I have called an exceptional people. Whatever one thought of him, Obama attempted to usher in a post-racial America. Right? He was not always successful in doing so. When Trump exhorted his followers to take America back, I often wondered from whom did he want to take back America? From whose hands did he wish to wrench America? From a black man exercising leadership over a predominantly white country? A situation he found not just politically intolerable, but one he deemed as a literal existential threat? And so Trump's demonizing rhetoric towards foreigners, his ridiculous attempts to make enemies out of the Mexican people who pose no terroristic threat to America by promising to build a wall to keep out imagined invaders who will destroy America, betrays something deeper. A man who causes up to real enemies of America, who is obsessed with gaining Putin's flattery. This, this is a joke. Vladimir Putin is a man who devotes his life to undermining democracy around the world and who interfered in the democratic procedures of our last elections. He's not a friend of America. Nor is the Chinese president whose help President Trump desperately sought to rewin election election in the upcoming elections. Now these real alpha males for whom Trump is a beta psychophant have, I think, a constant target for their sense of perverse humor in Trump himself. I don't know, a man who wants to desperately make nice with the thuggish, obese leader of North Korea and make sure that his copy of Elton John's song, Rocket Man, lands in his lap is just beyond pathetic. He's the impotent schoolyard jerk nobody really liked and knew now has a kind of maniacal and almost a preternatural need to be worshipped. He coerces this adoration through Manipulation, threats, appeals to primordial fears, bullying, demands of mindless loyalty, 
I mean, they all speak to a man terrified of the universe. Someone who places the primacy of his will and wishes over the primacy of objective reality. I wish and I will and I dream and I want and therefore it is. Those are his ruling credos. And so he thought he could undo by decree and magical thinking and manipulation that which God himself had bestowed upon President Obama, his birth as a citizen of the United States. So I think Trump not only has an evil God complex, he sees himself as the resurrecting God of what the philosopher Friedrich Nietzsche called monumental history. Uh, Trump's history is a, is a sad and, and lonely one. I, I read four of his biographies, um, and it's a sad and lonely one. And anyway, uh, monumental history revivers believe that they can extract from the past a particular great and worthy deed and use it as a model, right? By showing that um, because a thing was at least possible once, we must see that it may well again be possible. I think that President Obama's presidency robbed some sense of Trump's coveted history from him. And I believe it is the racist monumental history of white supremacy that dominated America's past that a black president was trying to put to rest that really rankled him. So Trump, the slumlord and heir apparent, I think, wanted to exhume the stank residents who had passed their places. He wanted to uphold and uh, maybe hold on to his oppressive ethos and re-encode it back into the present and graft it into a future in perpetuity. Well, good luck, Donald Trump. I and most Americans, I truly think, regard you as simply being on the wrong side of history. Your time has passed, all right? Your time has passed. So go now and watch as the universe slides by your side. Until the next time, I'm Jason Hill. Be free, and remember, always think twice.